It's time to pick up the phone. Answer that call. This call is your calling and you can't hide from it or ignore it. That passion you have to help people and make a difference isn't going anywhere. You deserve to get paid and paid well doing work you love and changing lives. Everything in your life has led you here. And now we're here to help you figure out how to make your destiny your reality. Welcome to Six Figure Certified Coach, the podcast hosted by Inner Glow Circle. IGC is an internationally accredited life coaching school created to take your existing professional skills paired with your life experience and turn it into a six-figure coaching business. We've trained thousands of successful coaches and now it's your turn. Let's get focused, get real, and get you six-figure certified. Welcome back to another episode of Six Figure Certified Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Liv Chapman, and today we are we have a returning guest. VP Wright is here. Her episode on last season, what was it called? From Homeless to Six Figures or something? That was yep. our top downloaded episode of season two. Did you know that? I did. I saw that when I was going through the analytics last week and I was like, that's crazy. So obviously we had to bring her back. And I feel like there was a lot of questions after that episode, because while we like kind of told what I would say is like your origin story of like how you, you know, became an entrepreneur and coaching, we did go a little bit fast through kind of how you burnt it all down and brought it back to life. So I want to dive more into that today. I know there's a lot of women, especially who have had a lot of transitions going on in the past few years, as has the world. And a lot of women who started business a few years ago are pivoting and trying to figure out what's next. So if you don't know VP or you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it after this. But VP is a six-figure certified coach. She's an IGC graduate. She's also on our IGC team, not only supporting the production of this podcast, because she is an author, an artist, a creative But she also has a very strong focus on DEI and is our DEI educator for all of our coach training students and our team. So she wears a lot of hats. I don't really like that phrase. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is, though. It is what it is. And she I think you are also, you know, a testament to this multi-passionate entrepreneur, which is what we're going to get into today of like, you kind of started steering the ship in one direction. And then you were like, hold up, like, I gotta, I gotta renegotiate how I live and how I work. So why don't you add to your introduction and then we'll just get into it. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think there's a lot to say when it comes to like being in a space where you're, you always say yes, therefore you're always getting new skills. And I think, (laughs) I think that's like why I, um, have taken so many things on, especially in IGC. Um, for one, I love IGC. Um, it's the reason why I, I pivoted uh, the way that I did in my coaching business um, and why I have my skills with the skills with that I do, honestly. Um, it's created a lot of opportunity for me being here. So I always make sure I can come back and give back when I can. Um, Don't I just call you sometimes and I'm like, yes. what kind of work are you willing to do? Because we need you back in the community. Yes, yes. That's, how I, that's how I got the podcast. I'm like, like, what do you want to do? We'll back. do anything. Oh, that's so funny. Lifer. Lifer, period. Yeah, that's hilarious. I, um, and you aren't the only one who does that. One of my best friends here in Houston does the exact same thing. She's like, hi, I need you. Can you come do creative direction work for me? I'm like, sure, let's go. Um, and we we can talk about that later too, because I think that just goes into 
what my rebuilding processes looked like, which we're talking about today. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you have a lot of things, but I think sometimes we, I don't think overall in general at IGC, we're huge, like niche down, niche down kind of people. Like Katie talks all the time about being a generalist and I talk all the time about marketing myself originally as a career and executive coach. But what I found inside of those conversations was like typically nothing about their career or working in corporate. It was about personal things and, you know, confidence and, you know, I don't know how else to say it, but like things that are going on within them that people often just want to blame external things for. So we really teach that you kind of have to be able to dance in the moment or be inside of different conversations and inside of different niches. So it's like kind of pointless to niche in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Especially if you're someone who is looking at your business or the way that you live your life or your clients from an intersectional lens, they're really, it's very difficult to niche. Like I think that was my biggest hurdle was like trying to get out of the niche that I was in and in the rebuilding process and why it took so long for me to continue the rebuild was I was trying to go back to my original niche um, and go back to where things were when I started and it's like yo I can't do that (laughs) I can't I've evolved beyond that yeah and I'm always looking at things from an intersectional lens um and for those who don't know what intersectionality is, go back to the last episode that because I mentioned it briefly um, yeah. in the first portion of uh, the episode. But and I can go over it quickly. But intersectionality essentially acknowledges that we aren't just one thing in a box. We aren't just one identity in a box. We are all of our things simultaneously at the same time. And whenever we're navigating our biases, our experiences, the way that we go through life, oftentimes some biases or some pieces of our identity are going to have prevalence over others just because of how people experience us in the real world. So when you're in business and when you're trying to navigate, how do I shift? How do I move? How am I um, going to continue doing business when I don't feel aligned with what I did originally? Um, You have to be able to look at everything about yourself and what you can offer and say, okay, hey, um, I'm ready to pivot. I still want to do things that are tied to my original line of work, but there's something else here that is a lot is like calling after me, and I have to acknowledge that as well. You aren't gonna be able to yeah. do that if you try to trap yourself in a box, right? And I think it just creates the same problem or the same experience as a lot of the people who wanted to leave their job to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think when you think about it, it's the experience almost seems the same. It's like you feel trapped in your job because you got a degree in it or because it was a decision you made when you were like 18 to 22, like to take that career path. Now you're 35 or 55 and you're like, I am so much more than what I put on my college registration papers or on my technical school, you know, and it's like you have to be able to not only, like you said, be open to it, mm-hmm. but I think it also requires a great deal of trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust in yourself and trust in those who you, ha- who you have around you as well. Yeah. Say more oh. about that. <laughs> Girl. So Let's talk about that. Again. Okay. So as you all know from my previous episode, I have been in a phase of life where I burned everything to the ground, everything I was doing, Um, like my business, my marriage, uh, my home, uh, my life, looking at like the roots of things, my identity, a lot of shadow work, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the big piece around that was like, okay, can I actually trust myself in the decisions that I'm making internally? And then do I trust the people around me? Like, do I really trust them? And you can get right with yourself, but if you're still not like pouring into and being poured into properly by the people around you, it doesn't matter what kind of work you do. Those people will still see you as your previous self over and over again. Yeah. And so for me, like when I left my marriage, I also like (laughs) removed everyone in my life that was associated to that as well. And it wasn't intentionally, but I feel like it was the universe saying like, yeah, no, it's time to go. It's time to really get out of this previous version of yourself and meet new people. And for me, that looked like taking a step back and turning my brain off entrepreneurially and just working in a job. It looked like uh, making friends with my coworkers and going to different events. It looked like uh, opening myself up to more creative work temporarily and freelancing and doing different projects with different people. It looked like hosting events for different uh, venues here in town, right? Like all of these things are still coach skills because I'm doing self-coaching myself while also interacting with other people who were interested in the work that I was doing because they looked me up. Yeah. But, and I've, I've now been doing this for almost three years. It'll be three years in January. The coolest thing about the circle I have now is that no matter their background, everyone accepts me and loves me and challenges me for who I am. And I'm not the smartest person in the room either. And I love that. But I had to burn down the previous version of myself and burn down everyone else I was around. Um, (laughs) And just kind of cut those relationships off in order to make room for all of the love that I feel now. And it feels so good. Like, I just got done with a creative project that I did. That was probably the coolest creative project I've done in a long time because a friend of mine, like, pulled all of this like abundant energy out of me to create this thing for them. Um, and they appreciated it so much and appreciated the, the energy and effort I put into. And then I was like, whoa, wait a yeah. second. This could be a business idea. So it's just like- <laughs> So the entrepreneur brain never goes away. It yes. just evolves. Yes. And it comes with this commitment to follow the calling and follow the signs. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm very much currently resonating with a lot of your story in terms of having to remove myself from different communities that just were not growing at the level that I saw for myself. And I I don't even, and maybe your experience is different, but this isn't even a bad thing. Like Uh -uh. I have jokingly said multiple times, I wish I could just be normal and like not be so obsessed with, creating and growing and doing something new. And like my biggest fear is being normal or complacent or just like stagnant. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that I'm like, I see other people do it all the time and it's not a bad thing. And I'm not saying that people who live like normal lives or have normal jobs, there's anything wrong with them. That's just not how I operate. And I have tried to put myself in that quote unquote normalcy, but it, it never works. Yeah, no, it never works ever. And I I think the funny part about that too, is that because like, we are so used to shifting, I feel like, especially for you, like you and I, we shift 
very similarly. It's like every two years, there's something different going on, right? Yeah. I remember we had a conversation about, um, this was, I think this was in the manifestation episode. So it wasn't a conversation that we had, but we've touched on it before, but a conversation that you and Katie had around like how you just, you, you don't like staying in the same like portion of things for too long. Um, mm-hmm. And so you will like intentionally go in and burn it down. Uh, there was a book that was referenced to in that conversation as well. I can't remember, but like, this is like a couple of episodes back, y'all. I swear. We'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it. But um, yeah, people loved that one. I actually did not feel like it's so funny. I like, did not feel that great recording that one. And I, I mean, that was well received. So yeah. go back and listen. But I think it's it's because you aren't the only one that feels that way. Especially when you when you're ambitious and you're entrepreneurial and you're creative and you don't like staying in the same spot for more than a yeah. couple of years or hell even a couple of months, like we go into self sabotage mode. And so I think there has to be a balance between like when is the time to like burn things down and when is the time to like sit and be like, okay, like what is making me uncomfortable about this stagnation or this pause or this place of patience that I'm having to go through in this moment, right? Because yeah. it could be either good or bad or whatever it is for us in that moment of time. But we have to recognize, am I self-sabotaging because I feel like I'm stuck, or am I self-sabotaging because I'm uncomfortable in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you know? So, like, season three, we're trying to build in some, like, do now, some action, right? Yeah. So you have been through this process now, like, in terms of having great, major, fast, crazy success, riding that wave, and then slowly ish burning it to the ground and now you're in this like I wish if you're listening you can't see my hand but it's kind of like you were at the top you kind of swooped a little bit and I don't mean a valley in a negative way but like and now you're kind of like rebuilding again Mm -hmm. and going back in that upward trajectory to kind of put things together more consciously but like how do you know as an entrepreneur because I think sometimes we're just like oh I don't like my business so I shut it down and like go find a job but like you're you're gonna run into the same thing at the next job I I can like promise people that and you did too like you needed that break you needed that respite from the constant work of entrepreneurship but you knew that that was only a temporary part of your story while you consciously rebuilt so long question but what would you say to someone in that space like how do you know when it's time to actually make a move yeah um I feel like there were three big things for me that helped me recognize that it was time to shift. The first thing was burnout. If you feel like your soul is burnt to a crisp, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like, okay, I'm tired. No, you're more than just tired. You're exhausted all the time. You don't feel like eating or supporting yourself. You're not working out. You're not loving on yourself. You're not hanging out with your friends. You're not doing things that bring you joy. Uh, For me, that was like playing video games and watching movies with my kids and things like that, right? I wasn't doing any of that. Um, I wasn't writing. If you're not giving your soul what it needs holistically, your your body, your mind, your spirit, um, your emotions, there is a problem. And this could happen whether you're someone who's at a job right now thinking about starting a business or if you're in your business and you're feeling this as a business owner. I can tell you right now that first step is what so many entrepreneurs are feeling in this moment because we went all through the pandemic going and going and going and going with no stop. And that was how we did work for three years. And then it's like, wow, I've been eternally on the Internet doing all the things that I'm doing and now nothing's working because the world's 
going into honestly a hybrid state of of functionality now and mm-hmm. i don't know how to sustain that because i haven't been outside for three years i haven't been doing the things that have been giving me life right so that yeah. that first thing would be soul burnout if your soul is burnt to a crisp you have a problem the second thing would be do i actually feel like promoting what i'm doing so i got to a point where and this was one of the reasons why i was i've been shifting everything over to uh donate what you can because I just didn't feel like promoting what I was doing anymore and it wasn't because I didn't love it it wasn't because I I wasn't invested in it it wasn't because I I didn't want to do it I did but like my spirit was like nah I just I don't feel like marketing this and I'm Mm. a fantastic marketer what the heck like I'm a queen marketer I know I am like I don't I I got to a point where I didn't even have to market my programs it was just hey it's open people would sign up and I close it again I would bring people in like behind the scenes via the DM you were like a content creator before you were even a coach right exactly yeah yeah so like before I was even a coach I was a content creator so whether it was marketing my podcast or marketing my offers marketing my if you don't want to market what you're doing there's a problem because you love Mm -hmm. what you do but you don't want to put it out there you don't want to talk about what you do. You don't want to talk about yourself. It's you. It's about you. No, that's not yeah. going to work either. That's the second thing. The third thing is that if you feel unaligned with who you are as a person, and this is why identity work is so important. This is why the shadow work around who you are is so important. Because for me, even though I felt like I was wronged in my situation initially, I had to go in and look at, okay, where did I mess up? Where have I not been following through? Where am I inconsistent? What am I not giving myself? And that goes back to the soul, soul burnout. Um, where am I really just like missing the mark? Yeah. Because I have a very high standard for myself and I execute very consistently and I communicate very well so if I'm not doing the things that I hold myself to regularly there's a problem so for me three years ago when I'm going through my divorce I'm still trying to push in business and things were starting to slow down for me because I just wasn't doing those three things my soul was tired I'm not marketing I'm falling on the line what I was doing I knew that if I didn't feel a different way in the next couple of years I had to find something else to turn my brain off and reconfigure what that looked like if I wanted to continue being in business for myself yeah I'm what I'm hearing and what you're saying is like it just requires such a high level of responsibility to yourself and to your purpose yeah like you can't ignore the signs forever I think when you start ignoring the signs and not being innovative or proactive that's when like number two and number three just continue to fall apart even more Uh I think you can be proactive in business and like when things start to feel a little bit off you make a quick change or when you notice like okay it's been a rough week I haven't taken care of myself let me get back to the you know healthy habits that I had before but when you have that trifecta as you kind of laid out, it makes sense that it's like that in those three things in and of itself happening at the same damn time are going to basically burn it down for you, whether you yeah. wanted it consciously or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, it, and it's, you can have a bad day. You can have a bad week, bad months. And you're feeling like that. Mm-mm. 
No. And it's then not it, sustainable. No, it's not. And then, because then it starts showing up itself, like, it starts showing up as depression. It starts showing up as anxiety. Like, your body is going to respond as well. And, like, it's, it's, it really, it really is important that, like, we start recognizing the signs and saying, hey, like, it's really time to shift and, and shift more into, like, doing what's best for me. Because yeah. the way that this is functioning now is not is not going to work long term, and it's not going to work long term for not just myself, but if my community is expecting me to show up in a specific way, and I've been doing that for so long, and they're waiting on me, and they're paying me, oh, oh my god, <laughs> pressure's on. Yeah, and that's just going to feel even heavier. Yeah, but you've always kind of stayed coaching to a degree, right? Even when you kind of shut things down, you've been coaching one-on-one clients or in your membership, right? Yeah. So what I've been doing consistently since I paused, because I actually paused my one-on-one. Uh, uh, we're in 2023 now, so I paused it in 2021. Um, okay. And it's open now, but I've only been doing referrals for the moment, for the moment, um, because I'm reworking my program. Uh, but I continue to do support coaching and group coaching whenever asked. So I've been getting referrals for one-on-ones, referrals for trainings, and then support coaching to friends of mine that I've met in the coaching industry over the last four years. So I never stopped coaching. I also was supporting yeah. here at ITC as well. Um, yeah. So business never stopped for me, which I think is really important because if, if I would have full flood stop I never would have started again in my opinion like I would have just been like hey well I tried and you know it wasn't for me and you know that's it but because I love what I do I didn't want to just stop I wanted to stay in the space and stay working on my skills and looking at ways I can grow and also looking at ways that I was changing because as I continued to coach, I was still getting better. I was still looking at, okay, how can I ask these questions? How can I ask that question? Um, who else do I want to work with? Do I actually like doing these things? And I do. So that's why I keep doing them. And I want to keep doing them. And I also realized that I want to shift things within my practices in order to show up in a better version of myself whenever the time came. So yeah, I, yeah, I didn't stop. You know, what's crazy in the episode we did with Sam, uh, I think it was season this season, episode two, we Which talked is a, a great lot about episode, like, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. So, but we talked a lot about business models and how once you have that skill of coaching, like you said, you can coach yourself through almost anything. And it's a transferable skill. Like if especially if you go through IGC, shameless plug, but like you learn coaching skills, but you also learn business skills. So you can transfer those skills into other endeavors, like you doing podcast production or these creative events or creative direction and all that. It's like you have the foundational entrepreneurial skills and the coaching skills to succeed no matter how you transfer the skill. So you, I think, and often in these kind of conversations, we're talking about, so grow it. So add another income stream, but you're also saying like, I could also turn it down Mm -hmm. and I could, I could limit the offerings that I had while still maintaining a business that supported me in the way that I needed it to. And I think that that sometimes is like mind blowing to people because I think of these women too, that are like maxed out, making a lot of money, but have huge client loads and then they get pregnant or they need to keep their kids home from school or whatever it is. And I'm like, 
you know, you could like turn it down a couple notches, like Mm -hmm. even just having a couple thousand extra dollars and working four hours a week, that's like, that's not an option. Like you don't get to just leave your job and be like, I'm only going to work on Mondays now. And like, this is how much I need to make. So I guess I'm saying it's, I think the value in having the skill set of an entrepreneur and a coach is that you have so much power to shift whether that's for growth or for scaling back. Yep. Um, I think the biggest thing for me right now and what's helped with that a lot has been the fact that like, no matter what I do, where I go, what I'm doing, I always lead with, I'm a certified life coach. I always lead with that because that is what landed me the job. I work for a very large corporation right now. Um, and all of, I landed the role that I have because of my coaching skills. Like my role required me to have coaching skills. So mm. like, it's just, that was able to transfer immediately. Yeah. Right. Um, also whenever I'm doing events, people recognize me from the content that I did years ago because it's evergreen. Yeah. So it pops up and they're like, Oh, you do this, you do that. I get questions for that all the time. Um, yeah. the project management skills that I gained when running the actual like administrative side of my business leads me to be able to work with different artists and musicians all the time now, which is great. Um, venue management, like when I was still doing that before I became a coach, that's how I was creating content and doing all those things. I get to go yeah. back and now tie my coaching skills into the venue management side of things and look at, okay, well, how are we planning on events? Who are we bringing into the space? Um, what speakers are we going to get? I know people in town because my network is so massive because of what I've done with coaching. Like it, yeah. it like. This is so crazy too, because we get so many, like our admissions advisors, AKA the people who like help you enroll in training are always like, do we have like long-term data on how many women are still like doing coaching after they graduate? And I'm like, not really. Like that's hard to gather, but I'm like, I also know so many women who like started their, we would say like coaching is the fastest path to entrepreneurship Oh yeah, because you can actually start right away. You can start generating income and start funding all the other dreams and ideas and visions. Like I think a true entrepreneur would never just stay a one-on-one coach forever. That's not like, while I love that business model and I think it's great, like in my opinion, entrepreneur means like you're always creating you're creating new businesses or you're creating new revenue streams and I I mean we had a girl that graduated a couple years ago she just bought a wellness studio we had another Mm. woman open a gym like you do all of these different things we've had people do clothing lines and I mean it goes on and on open up schools um start working for huge corporations and it's like I don't know how did you actually like measure that I think the greatest measure is like are you currently living your defined version of success yeah. today? Yeah. And and you know what? Like for me, like the point where I'm at right now, I'm so much happier. I feel like I'm a much better version of myself. I'm able to express myself more. Uh, I can create more. I can do more. I can collaborate with people more. Um, but then also like I can also see myself incorporating the skills that I did and what I what I what I learned in coach training anywhere else like coaching is always going to be a service I can offer because I have the skill set so yeah like I think there's so much more that you can do for yourself when you're able to say okay I've got this skill set having this business is great I want to explore other avenues how can I incorporate this skill set into those avenues because everything I do 
everything I do now incorporates a level of coaching in some form or fashion. Every yeah. single thing that I do. Um, I helped a friend of mine fundraise over $17,000 last Wednesday for her uh, iPhone Women crowdfunding campaign. And wow. the, pro- the meeting we had to that campaign was basically a coaching session. Question after question after question. What do you want? How much do you want to raise? What does your budget look like? Um, where, where do you want to feel in regards to yourself as you're working towards this budget? Who do you want to collaborate with? Right? All of these are very simple questions. Hell, they're basically business coaching questions. Yeah. But the whole time, asking questions, asking questions, building things out, right? Yeah. Coaching session. Yeah. Formatting out all the outlines of the notes like I would as I'm in a coaching session. And it was a yeah. fundraising meeting. I'm yeah, this is wild. I it's crazy when you actually think about all of those little pockets or not so little pockets of your life where you're taking that skill and actually making your experience inside of that and the other person so much better. Mm-hmm. It's such an asset. Yeah, it's a massive asset. Also recommend, did we talk about this on the last one? How we like we're dating and we would ask, we would like start being like coaches on our dates. Was that yes, you? I was, that was talking me. To? <laughs> that sometimes isn't the best advice. <laughs> oh God, just sitting there at dinner asking so many open ended questions and not putting my opinion on anything. Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Funny. I have to remind myself that like I'm not in coach mode. I also have to give my two cents. Yeah. Insane. And my kids are like, why are you asking me these weird questions? I'm like, it's for your growth, honey. You'll thank me one day. Uh, bad habits, bad habits. Good in business. Yeah. Good when yeah. meeting people. Bad in dating. <laughs> yeah, highly don't recommend for dating. Please be more authoritative, more consultant-like. Not more therapist-like, though. Coaching yes. therapy off the table in dating. Consult, advise. Make high-level recommendations for how you want to be treated, but don't leave it so open. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, so understanding. And I think the worst part about being a coach in dating is that, like, we know that no matter where someone is at, we have seen people change their lives in the most drastic ways, not even just financially, but, like, how they show up in the world, what they're doing. Wait, like, we have seen people change. And, like, you know, the people in dating, like, you know, you can't date a project. Like, you can't date their potential. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, oh, really? Let me t- let me show you. Let me show you what I can do with this person. Mm-hmm. Don't do it in dating. It really doesn't work. Nope, it does not. Not at all. People can't change, but unless you're sending them an invoice every month, don't do it. In don't dating. do it. Don't do it in dating. Please don't. Oh my god, that's hilarious. That's a whole episode in itself. Oh yeah, I think I make so many analogies from like dating and business and. Also parenting in business. I think like, you know, we get a lot of new entrepreneurs who are like, God, this takes so much work and so much time. And I'm like, yeah, it's how old is, how old is your company? Three months. Yeah. It's like full time feeding through the night, mm-hmm. changing diaper. It's like very much aligned with a child. I'm like, once your business is three or four and they can kind of toddle around on themselves and like get themselves a snack, you're going to feel like a whole new woman. <laughs> and then by the time they're like, you know what I'm saying? But I'm serious. Like, yeah the first couple of years in business is like the first couple of years of having a baby. It's so much hands-on work. People don't know you like you, it takes so much more like marketing and effort and 
just literal hours. Like, yeah. I don't think it was until I was a couple years into business that I started getting some leads that like weren't generated by me, meaning like other people I didn't know had heard about my company or, you know, just like content had built up over time and, you know, Yelp reviews or whatever. I wasn't ha- having to like go invite people to consultations one-on-one all the time. So yeah. Anyway. And I mean, I, I like I mentioned earlier, like currently I don't do any of that at the moment. Like all of my one-on-one yeah. coaching is referral. All of my support coaching opportunities are referral. Like everything yeah. I'm doing. Well, you're technically at what? You're like you're three or four years into business? Yeah. Five? And it, and it took me okay. two years just to get to the point where I was in referral base. So I'm four years old yeah. in business and it took two years to build the fact that people were like, yeah, I know yeah. this. I know this coach. So I also am like thinking for you, giving those three things, like (laughs) there's one caveat and it's like, if you're only like three months to 12 months in, like maybe don't burn it all down yet. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, because your first year is going to feel like hell and that you made the worst decision of your life for a while sometimes yeah Yeah, it's definitely gonna it's gonna feel like that uh for a little bit um and you'll want to burn it all down don't don't yeah in your in your first like 12 to 24 months you're building brand recognition you're building your skills you're building your systems you're building your clientele you're building your testimonials you're building your uh record recognition excuse me or record what's the word uh recognition yeah you're building a recognition maybe (laughs) yeah your recognition yes but you're, you're building these things and that first year specifically is so important when it comes to being consistent it's so yeah. important. And this honestly isn't just around coaching. This is with, with whatever you do, whatever you do. I think I, I, I see YouTubers all the time who like will post a video every single week for a year, two years, and then it'll be one viral video that goes off randomly from maybe three months mm-hmm. ago or whatever it may be that pops them off and the whole channel explodes. It happens all the time. But they yeah. had to post every single week for 12 months in order to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like you have to give yourself the opportunity to be seen by people, especially when we're in a space where, um, you know, you, you're new on a platform that has millions of users. You don't know anyone yet. You're still building out your content. You're still making sure that you actually know what, how you want to show up and, and yeah. what you want things to look like. Don't burn it all down three months in because, you know, you haven't made your first 10K yet. Girl. Oh God, I know. <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, what if I had quit after like nose on my first like five discovery calls? Yeah. But people do that. And it, listen, if you're in that place where you're like, I'm about to give up. First of all, this is your sign not to. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I think the micro version of like the whole message of this too is like, you do, no matter what you're doing in business, you have to at least love parts of it. Like, yeah. If you're just posting on Instagram and you hate it and you dread it, for example, like try something else. Maybe don't burn it all down yet until you figured out the other marketing platform or social media platform that you like. But I do think you have to love it. Like I have shifted what I love doing in business so many times too. Uh Like I used to only want to train and coach. I didn't want to market. I didn't want to do any of that. I've always been down for a sales call because I love a win. But you're so silly. (laughs) 
I'm serious. You have to look like there is no way. I mean, I don't know any entrepreneur who would sit here and be like, I love every single aspect of my business. Like, yes, give me that billing report or, Ooh, I can't wait to fix the back end of my website or I'm going to open up Canva and edit another reel like, or whatever. There, I don't know anyone who literally loves every aspect of it. That would be so me. like, okay, that's why you're, I'm like, can you, what are you going to do? Like, can you come back to IDC? Like I'll literally give you what I need, whatever job you want. What are you interested in this? Week, really you probably have an opening. This is literally what I've been saying. I'm like, we've been talking about this for three months. I'm already on the team. What do you need me to do? Good God. I mean, can you actually write a job description for yourself? Got you, fam. Oh, God, that's funny. But, like, it's not normal to be, like, in love with every part of every day. of Like, just because you quit your job to start your business doesn't mean 100% of your life, 100% of the time, is going to be, like, the pretty little picture you see on Instagram. Like, yeah. I, it's not normal to have like I'm not saying be miserable and be okay with it but like be realistic with yourself like there are going to be aspects that you don't like and it doesn't mean you have to quit it may mean that you have to pivot but if you get to the point where you are VP's top three things burnout lack of soul alignment what was and you actually hate talking about what your your services or promoting anything Mm -hmm. yeah take a pause take a beat like tune back in, do some, you know, personal development, hire your own coach for a little while and like start renegotiating the vision. I, I did. I talked about that in the season three preview. I lost sight of the vision yeah. at the end of last year. I had to hire someone because our brains do this funny little thing where they try to convince you that everything is falling apart, that every emotion you have is real and fact and that you're failing at everything mm-hmm. and we sometimes need someone to say hold up and like I talk about this when I was leaving teaching V where I like had this journal because I knew I loved teaching but there were so many aspects of it and I'm like do I leave teaching to start the business I was back and forth for a few months and I started keeping this journal of like everything I loved about my day because I would just put this blanket over it like this shit's hard I don't want to do this but I was like there are parts of it that I actually like So that might be a good place to kind of like audit if you're getting to this point of burnout or any of the three signature time for innovation things that V said, it's like you might want to start actually auditing what you do and don't love about your work. Mm -hmm. Because then when you go to burn it down or take a month off or take, let's call it a sabbatical because we're all professionals here. Oh, that's cute. She went academic. then you'll actually at least have an like you I actually feel like it might make you feel a little bit better because there are going to be parts of what you you're doing that you love like I guess yeah yeah I think there's everyone's gonna have something that they like I hate doing this you know what I mean yeah and when you're in business and you're doing business by yourself that's the the I hate doing this piece will probably be where you end up um, outsourcing once you get the resources to do so but if you can't finding the tools and the willpower to do it until then will also be important Um, and I think that audit piece that Liv was talking about is so critical because you have to figure out okay what do I love about this what do I don't can is there anything I can take away can I take anything off my plate Um, yes then you can prioritize that too like I need to be spending more time in this area and this is the space that I need help with immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that was a gem, Liv. You went in on that. I mean, 
I just want everyone to know that like life is not perfect just because you have a business that makes money and you talked about this on your last episode does not mean that life is perfect but I just ask myself what am I more committed to am I more committed to my temporary emotional breakdown that happens approximately every three to five business days or am I more committed to the vision But like we're normal human beings, but it's like, what is it worth to you? Like I value growth and I value building something that makes people's lives better more than I value the nasty attitude I get when I get an annoying email. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's, um, I value collaboration. I value community, um, more than I value like, Oh, what's the word? Collaborate for me, collaboration, community, and time more than like notability or more than mm-hmm. uh, role status. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, I work for a very large corporation. You best believe when the time comes for me to leave, which <clears throat> I'm not going to say when that is. <laughs> when the time, it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Um. Uh, <laughs> When the time comes for me to leave because I'm doing something that fulfills me and allows me to be entrepreneurial and community and collaborative simultaneously, and that time is coming, I'm leaving. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, that that time and that season with that corporation has been great. It's been lovely. I love it. I will leave with the relationships that I built there and go do something else yeah. because I want to make sure that I'm being fueled by the things that bring me joy and that has to be in work too especially when it comes to being time free as a mom as someone who has responsibilities to their family or even like their friends if you value time like we have to figure out ways to find time because if we don't have it we're just gonna start missing moments everywhere and that'll just piss you off So frustrate well, you. I know. That's like I was talk- I was speaking with another woman this morning. I'm going to bring her back on the podcast too. And I fa- I told her I said the first time you were on there was like very formal because we didn't know each other that well. But now we know each other really well. And now we're going to tell the real stories. <laughs> tell the real stories. <laughs> but she said to me, she was like, you know, working like running a business is really hard. And she's been in business for well over a decade. I I think probably close to two decades. And she was like, but I. I just prefer this hard because it gives me so much time with my kids. Yeah. So she was like, there are some days where it is really hard to manage a team and to be, you know, constantly focused on growth. But she was like, I have never missed a volleyball game or like she's so like the time flexibility and the freedom of, you know, did I want to work at midnight last night? No. But did I do that? So I could go to my kids basketball practice and cook them a proper dinner I go to McDonald's drive through <laughs> I did. Do I always? No. But like I have that choice. And I think that's one of those things where it's like nice to have the business skills and the entrepreneurial acumen or whatever you want to call it because you have so much more autonomy over your time. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I don't know any female entrepreneur, female identifying entrepreneur, woman-owned business that would say they only ever got into business for money. I've literally never heard it. And how many women have we talked to? Thousands. Yeah. There's always a reason. There's always a reason, whether it be family, whether it be time, whether it be um, freedom, whether it be wanting to find something more fulfilling. 
very, yeah. very rarely. And I, ooh, we have to have another conversation about this. And I want to bring in uh, a friend of mine and have a conversation with this team. Her name is Gina Knox because, like, very rarely do we lead as women or women identifying folks or even femmes, non-binary people for the most part, yeah. non-men. We tend to lead with a reason that is further than money and further than ourselves in regards to what we want to do with our lives. And that's interesting because as women, we also retire with less money and we also retire widowed sometimes as well. Like where we, the financial situation is always so um, conspicuous with us, right? And so like, it's funny that you say that because like we put, we put our purpose and we put our money where our values are. And I think, there's there's both pros and cons with that but imagine starting a business aligning it with how you want to function in your life making the money to be free whether it be time free financially free free to do whatever you want and then giving that back to the people who bring you joy to your community being able to invest into things that you can make a difference in as yeah. as a woman, as a fan, as an as a person, as a human being, yeah. like I was doing that in the first iteration of my business through um, my iPhone Women campaign and crowdfunding and scholarships and um, volunteering and all of that, and I and that was like my favorite piece of my business. And so as I rebuild, that's why I'm so focused on what can I do here in Houston. What can we do here to make sure that all of our venue spaces are running so we can bring more coaches and more creatives and more people who are leading these events and doing this phenomenal work in these spaces? What can I do to help sustain the arts renaissance that's happening here in Houston right now? Because it's massive, y'all. If you're going to come visit, please do. Walk around downtown. There are literally like dozens of murals everywhere happening just popping up we all over why are there so many people in houston i feel like there's a lot of igc people in houston i guess maybe because of this yeah talking there's about. there's a massive creative renaissance happening in houston right now yeah. and the cost of living is still is still um fairly sustainable while also being in okay. a big city so like i would definitely say if you're wanting to visit please do because the city is massive but there's so much opportunity and i knew mm-hmm. that when i shifted business i'd have to it had to start here and go out and it had yeah. to start here and bring people in. And so if you're like in a space where you want to burn things down or you're wanting to leave the online space a little bit and, and be more in person because that's what you're craving, I guarantee you the universe is setting that up for you for a reason. And you're going yeah. to get so much joy from being around people, places, things, art, love, whatever it may be and whatever you're looking for to be able to do that but you have to burn the shit you were doing down first like this burn it (laughs) just burn it I think that goes for like anything it could be a job you're having it could be an offer that you're selling it could be a relationship that you're in or a friendship or whatever sometimes that stuff you know you know if you know like if we're talking right now and you're like a person's face comes into mind or your job or something you're, you know, project you're working, you just know. And it's like, how long are you going to hang on to something that you know isn't going to move you forward? Yeah. Because at the end of it, it's like, yeah, we're not sitting on our deathbed counting our money as women. I don't think most of us. Most of us are. Um, we are. 
No, most of us are not. No, I don't even think my head would think about that. I'm thinking about all think my kids and my grandkids. Remembering, like, how, yeah, like, how much did I really live? That, and that's the piece. Yeah. And my boyfriend is obsessed with the lottery, which is like so <laughs> silly. I don't know why it's like a thing. But he always like buys me lottery tickets. And I just think it's funny because I didn't even know how to buy a lottery ticket other than a scratch off because I used to like buy them out of the vending machine for fun. But he's always like, what are you going to do if you win the lottery? And I'm like, literally nothing different than I do now. Like I would not stop doing the work that I'm doing uh-huh. no matter how much money I had and I know people will be like oh you don't know until you know but like I just cannot imagine because I love what I do so much uh-huh. like I don't even know I, there's nothing else for me at least at this phase in my life yeah exactly I, I mean what else would you do no there isn't really I don't think I, I mean I might like volunteer more or like I don't know. I, I mean, I truly, I'm like, I would never quit this. Like, if you're talking about today, I don't know what could change three, five, ten years from now. But that's that audit. That's that actual check-in. Like, if I could be doing anything in the world right now, it would be this, recording this podcast with you right now. Yeah, same. Same. This brought me back into podcasting. Right. Whatever, whatever V wants, we just make the position because she is the greatest asset that we have. How many times have I asked you to get your other credential too? I mean, listen, this is just, I, I think because of, this is how you are though. You're very collaborative. You're very creative. And it's people like that, that are allowed to make organizations like ours better and better. And our students know that our community knows that our trainers, our executives, like you just know when you have these people that just bring so much life into something uh-huh. and you're just such an inspiration to all of us. And I know everyone that listens and I hope that in listening to this episode, it at least allows people to check in with themselves and also see like, yeah, shit may suck right now, but it could also get better and you have the power to create yeah, and collaborate. And I hope V's story proves that. Yeah. It's okay to burn it all down, y'all, and it'll be better whenever you build it back up. Yeah. It's okay. I know. It's just life. Like, what's the worst that could happen? The only consistent thing in life is change. I know. Cliche of the day. But it's true. (laughs) It is true. I love change, though. That's why I'm not normal. Me too. I am like, I need something to look forward to. I need something exciting. What's next? What's next? What's next? Everyone's like, don't, don't you ever calm down? And I'm like, no, but like rarely, <laughs> not really. I sleep. I sleep sometimes, but I'm not saying that cause I'm crazy. I really, you know, you can catch me on a beach or in a nice little swanky rooftop lounge here and there. I'm yeah. Not, but like, we also plan our playtime. Most people don't plan their playtime like that. We plan our oh. playtime because we have to. I, oh yeah. I plan that stuff well in advance. That's why I always have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm taking my kids to New York City when it starts snowing. It's their biggest Ooh. dream ever. That's what I have to look forward to now. I love that. That's fine. Yeah, so they're obsessed with snow. I'm like, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was go to Florida. I grew up in New York and now live in Florida, and all they want to do is go to New York. So. <laughs> Me too, kids. Right <laughs> you want to come? I'll you bring come. your kids home. Yeah. Oh, no. They, my kids in New York? No. No, not the demons. We're going to have to be those moms that have them on leashes. Do you, I'm like literally going to lose them. I I'm, would, I'm terrified. Yeah, that's, 
I have to wait till they're like 10. Uh, I guess. Yeah, Knox is so grown. He's like studying the subway system. I'm like, um. What? Where are you going? Like, we're going to be together. And he's like, well, not if I want to go here. I'm like, I don't, this is not, no. Um, the kids in New York are different. So maybe that's why he's like that. You're, you're yeah, raising a New Yorker. Yeah, much YouTube, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, thanks for coming back for another episode. Yeah, this was great. I really hope y'all um, were able to get just some nuggets from this episode. Uh, this season's really big on action. So I hope those three steps, if you're feeling those things, like, please check in, like, with yourself. Also, you can go to the ITC website and check in with any of our coaches, including me. Um, yes. I think there's really big value in having a coach like just talk you through how you're feeling and at least feeling some like relief around yeah. like how can I move forward from this because that's what that's oh, yeah. what if we're you want to work do. with V can you put that your your linked for a free yeah. uh, discovery call in the show notes yeah of course Oh yeah, you can work with V. So if you're about to burn things down and you want a little like fire and rescue support staff, yeah. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like I'm ready to, to burn it all down and like really get set my identity and rebuild based off of that, yeah, that's that's me. I got you. Yeah. I'm oh, trained to that. do that. <laughs> you're the best too. Our students are obsessed with V, so <laughs> I'm obsessed Book with them. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, thank you for being here. I know this episode got a little long, but I hope you all are inspired. And if you're like somewhere between inspired and terrified, book that call and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Let's face it. The world needs you and your clients are waiting. This is the year you make it happen and become a six figure certified coach doing exactly what you were called to do. If you loved this episode, give us a five-star review and share it with someone else who's ready to make moves and answer their calling. We can't wait to see you next week and help you make your first or your next six figures as a certified coach.